Blog Talk Radio. Icon, Granny Hawker, and Big Swing. How's Colin doing anyway, Icon? Is he is he doing all right? Yeah, he is rocking and rolling like he always is. It's very possible that there might be a new updated theme song coming up for us. No no guarantees. Oh, good. But that might good. be tell, tell him to put lyrics in it this time. Um, well, you know, it's it's like this, you know, uh, Monday Night Raw, you know, they, they have a new theme song every year. So, you know, we've had this uh, theme song for, what, about a year now, I would say. So, yeah. And, hey, we're the only podcast that's got, as far as I know, we're the only podcast that has its own theme song. Everybody else has to rip off somebody else's, or you can be a podcast that's uh, heard up in Canada that uh, doesn't uh, know what a theme song is. Wow. Wowza. That was a uh, that was a little uh, jump punch in the man business right there, Icon. That was in what we call in the business a shot. It, it's what they call shooting on something or shooting on somebody. But anyways, uh, how is everybody doing? It is Monday again. It is episode 116 since we changed the name over to Attitude Era Live. So uh, all of you that have been giving us support for these last 100 plus episodes, we thank you for that. Uh, we have, I think, at least another 100 uh, with the Off the Ropes name. So we're, we're, we're long term, we're long standing, and, um, you know, we're kind of like herpes. We just keep coming back. So uh, here we are. Another show and another three guest show lineup. Icon, uh, why, why don't you go on and tell us uh, a little bit about who's coming on with us here tonight and uh, about the very special guests that we're finally going to be able to talk to um, in, in next week. Well, uh, this week we got three guests. Uh, we got uh, Nicole, 
Fate, Jinx. We have David Hollenbeck. He was just signed. Get this. He was just signed with NXT. And he's going to join us because he does not make time with Why? Because I'm the icon and he's giving us carte blanche to talk to him. And we are going to have the greatest heel referee in the history of the business. He used to hang out with the Hart Foundation back in the day. Dangerous Danny Davis. Well, Icon, well, here's the thing, though. Real quick, before you get into next week, are we going to be allowed to talk to him if he's NXT? Because, I mean, I I know how the WWE uh, contract situation is, and and there's no radio shows or podcasts outside of the WWE network. Uh, I would imagine that um, NXT would be sort of the same. Well, there's a difference, though. Other other radio shows do not have the icon as a host. That's why. Hmm. Fair enough. Touche. Touche, salesman. And uh, next week, real quick, uh, have, they have. I'm going to mention the two that have confirmed. Uh, we have a guy by the name of Buff Bagwell, as well as. Uh, Ron Hamby and Rocky Pamplin. Now, those two guys are going to be on together. They, Rocky Pamplin wrote a book about his experiences as the bodyguard. Get this, the bodyguard for the Beach Boys. He's also been on the Weedies Box, and I believe he's also done some uh, Playgirl magazine photo shoots as well. So uh, I, I kind of uh, got that for granny, you know, because we always have these women that like to take off their clothes so I figured we'd give uh, Granny a guy that likes to take off his clothes. Well, thank you so much for that icon. <laughs> you know, and uh, I, I'm also working on launching the show onto other avenues, some other different entities, some other different live radio shows. We'll we'll discuss that later. I don't want to kind of let the cat out of the bag until, uh, you know, it, it's kind of, it's kind of like embers right now, but I want to get those embers flamed into a full-blown forest fire before we start talking about who I've been talking to. Now, like I say, our show is on fire. It started out as a little spark on a piston or a, a spark on a car lighter, but now it's it's fanning into... A forest fire. You know, you cannot put us out. Others trying to duplicate us, Canada, and others trying to be like us, JG, but nobody will ever top us. Whether you're on Sunday night or Tuesday night or Wednesday night, or it doesn't matter what night of the week you're on. Monday night is our night, and Monday night will be our dominant night for the foreseeable future. That's the way it is. And that's the way. Well, what's what's that, that that old quote? That's the way the cookie crumbles, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Or a better one yep. yet, whether you like it or you don't like it, it's the best thing going today. That's right. So that's my Ray. We got uh, thirteen minutes before our guest calls in. What, what's up with you guys? Well, Granny had a very exciting day on Saturday. 
I went to Alma, Arkansas at a little place called A to Z Tools and got to see my very good friends, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson, and it was Ricky Morton's birthday. They were doing an autograph signing to help get money for service dogs for veterans. Uh, A friend of mine that's, that's into wrestling thing brought the Rock and Roll Express in for an autograph signing. And, of course, this isn't the first time that Granny has got to see Ricky and Robert. I mean, it's been five years since I've gotten to see them. But um, I was very happy to see them. And I posted my picture that we had, my husband and I had taken with him. And I have to tell you guys, Granny is an honorary WWE Hall of Famer. Because Robert Gibson took his WWE Hall of Fame ring off his finger and put it on my finger for the picture. Wow. So, bad guys, you want to talk smack to Granny? Bring it on, boys, because Granny will put you in your place. And then another very good friend, and then another very good friend of mine sent a really cool picture of, I mean, he he's into photography and it says, what you gonna do when Granny Mania runs wild over you? And there's me, you know, flexing my muscles in the picture, you know, with my Granny Hulk shirt on. So, you know, it was a good weekend. I mean, busy, but it was good. Well, you know, Granny, that's what, you know, that's cool and uh, I like that you got to wear the Hall of Fame ring, but I mean, I don't, I, I don't have uh, – I have something close to that. Well, not really, but uh, not many people can say that they have their own championship belt. I can say I have that now because it's now in my living room. And I also have a Fargo Invaders championship ring from the Northern Elite Football League. So, you know, it's, <clears throat> I mean, we're, we're all wearing rings. We're all champions here, and we're, we're the best thing going. I can't reiterate that enough. That's true. So, Icon, um, I see NDSU is still dominating. Yeah, we uh, we beat UC Davis this weekend. Um, I didn't even know UC Davis had a football team. Well, you know, we used to play them back when uh, both of us uh, were in the Great West. You know, they used to be a big thorn in our side. But uh, with two uh, end zone interceptions uh, by uh, Michael Tuska, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, Matthew Tussie, sorry, uh, sealed the deal for us. So, and to be honest with you, this is the first time I was not able to, uh, uh, you know, usually we have the game in hand by the start of the fourth quarter or the middle of the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, uh, we actually had to stay in the Fargo Dome until the end of the game because there was a big thunderstorm and they wouldn't let us leave the building. So, it was kind of weird. But we survived. Well, when do you have uh, your your other favorite school, uh, Oral Roberts? Uh, they, they don't have a football team. Uh, we don't play. Oh, Oral they Roberts. don't. Uh, oh. They're they're just a basketball oh. team. Okay. No, they're they're uh, they're a thorn in our side for basketball, women's and men's. They're a thorn in our side for uh, baseball. Uh, they don't have a softball team. They're a thorn in our side for volleyball. What else? Hmm. Oh, well, track and field, of course, but we dominate them. The only thing that Oral Roberts really has us 
uh, down pat on, it seems like, is baseball. Because it seems like no one can beat Oral Roberts in baseball. But eventually we'll, we'll be able to do that. And the other team that I just like Is there a school? Now, here's the thing. Is there a school that dominates, absolutely dominates NDSU in everything except for football, obviously, because North Dakota State beats everybody in football? But is, is there a school that, like, other than um, other than the football team that you guys just can't beat at your absolute arch nemesis? Uh, well, I'd say Oral Roberts in baseball and South Dakota State in women's basketball. Women's basketball, okay. Uh-huh. But we have a new, we have a new coach this year, so uh, oh, good. I, I think, you know, we can't be any worse. I think we'll improve very well. You know, it is what it is, and I'll give you guys updates when uh, this season starts. As a matter of fact, they're going to have uh, a fan day October 16th that the icon is going to be rolling towards and going to be uh, first life for like he always is. I got I got a busy day that night. I got you know I got uh, winter caravan with the with the bison, and I also have Ohio State that night. So the icon's going to be busy October sixteenth, but it's going to be great. Why? Because I'm the icon. That's just the way. Because I'm the icon, he says. <laughs> well, you hey, you don't have a. You don't have a fantasy football championship belt, do you? Uh, I actually am supposed to. Uh, I, I I came in second last season. Um, I, I think I should have won. There was some. There, there, it came down. Honestly, it was the weirdest situation. I tied with the person who ended up winning, and they went back and looked at. Um, they went back and looked at like like point totals. Like they had to break it down like they would if there was a tie in the play for the NFL, you know, that they broke it down in that regard. And, and he had a couple more uh, point totals in the season and stuff, so he just had to me out. But I, uh, for all intents and purposes, I'm supposed to have Well, you know, anyway, I think the other um, reason why, I think hmm? the other reason why you, you lost that is because you drafted Edge. Oh, it's it's definitely possible. Uh, speaking of that, I, on, uh, we do have a call on the line. It's a 978 number. Yep. Is the first guest? Yep. All right. I'm going to be expecting uh, a call here from Jordan as well um, because I know he wanted to talk to him also. So, Another 45 uh, minutes, way, so he'll be calling. Yeah, but either way, i got to jump on to the, um, onto the Monday Night Football here. So I, I'm going to be listening, but i gotta, I got to have you do your thing right now. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, she is what you would call fate in the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the one, the only, the most beautiful female independent wrestler that's making a comeback right now. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Nicole Jakes. Hello. Okay, that was that, that was the toilet flush individual. So I, I hope uh 
Well, that was really strange because they were the same number as our guest, right? It was supposed to be a 978? I thought so. Uh, is there anybody else on right now? We have a 443. No, uh, the 443. That must be our guest then. Well, let's try it again. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She is what you would call fate in the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the gal making his comeback and just going all over the independent scene. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Nicole Jakes. Hey, this is Fate. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Holster. Awesome. How are awesome. you, Fate? How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for bringing me back on. Well, you know, uh, uh, the icon has interviewed you before, uh, and uh, you, you know, you were part of a, I hate to say it, but a second-rate podcast. Uh, now you're on the the number one elite podcast, and that's uh, this one, Attitude Air Live. So what we're going to do here, now that we've uh, introduced you, we want to have you give us a little background about yourself, and we'll uh, ask you some uh, cool questions. So if you want to give us a little background, we'll uh, then we'll talk to you. Sure, sure. So um, obviously, I am Nicole Jenks, aka Fate. I started wrestling late 2000 and started doing shows in 2001. I did um, tag teams against men. I've had the tag team championship um, in Maryland. I've been a woman's champion in Pennsylvania, and I had a very good run. And in 2012, I had to hang my boots up, unfortunately, for a pretty severe injury at the time and didn't think. I was ever going to be able to wrestle again, which is my passion. Um, It's been my passion since I was a toddler. So something inside of me said that I was going to return regardless of what doctors and friends and family had uh, told me. And I stayed in shape and actually am in better shape today than I was 10 years ago. And I've stayed passionate and hungry to want to come back. And I've now in a position where I'm healthy and I'm ready and I'm ready to take on the ND scene like never before. So here I am. I came back in uh, early August. My home fed is classic championship wrestling in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. It's been a pleasure working with the uh, promoter and owner. We actually worked together long, long, long time ago when I first started out. So it looks like things have gone full circle and um, I will be debuting with my home fed in November, but I actually will be debuting for Angels Gate in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, on October 26th. So I'm looking very much forward to it. I'm very excited. Uh, Nicole Jinx is our guest here. we got 22 minutes here with Nicole. So I'm going to ask you a few things, and we'll kind of go around the, the, the room here and ask everybody like. Uh, uh, ask you some cool questions, but you know, you know, you mentioned your injury and you mentioned your your ring name, Fate, which you know is kind of fitting because it's just Fate that's bringing you back into the mix and getting your getting your career going again. Let me ask you, if you were, you know, you 
you said that you didn't care what anybody said, no matter the doctors, promoters, whatever, you you were going to come back. But if there is any way that they said that wrestling in the ring is not something that you could ever do, would you want to try and be a part of it in some other way, like a manager or a promoter, uh, something like that? What What is your thought on that? I will when I'm done, when I'm done wrestling. So to, the short answer is no, I need to come back as a wrestler because that's where my talent is and that's where I belong. When I am finished, then I will be running my own fed, uh, which has been a dream of mine for many, many years, but I'm not there yet. I need to get back out there. I want to get international experience. Um, always wanted to wrestle in Japan. I study Japanese wrestling, have for 15, 20 years now. Um, so I, I have so much more to accomplish that being a manager or a promoter at this point is not going to fulfill that hunger that I have. So with that being said, uh, what would be your time frame for for how many more years you want to be in the ring until you start doing uh, your own fit? What What is your time frame? I don't have a time frame. It's it's you know my body is eventually going to tell me you know when it's time and I'm going to listen to my body. Um, but I can't say it's a time limit. You know I can't say it's you know five, ten, fifteen years. You know I I don't know how long. You know, my body's going to last and my energy and my looks and, you know, the talent. It just depends. Well, honestly, though, um, are you going to listen to the to the body? Because, like I said, I, I don't want to sound a certain way, but your injury the first time, um, you didn't listen to the body. You, you, you came back and you fought through it. I mean, who is to say that, you know, God forbid something like that happens again? I mean, we hope it doesn't. Or, or let's say you do have the body is starting to tell you it's time, but you're mental, you know, mentally, you're still like, I still love doing this. I still want to push through. I mean, you think that there's a chance of that happening? I mean, you say now you're going to listen to the body, but I mean, do you think that there's a possibility that, that you'll, you'll still do it even when the body quits? Well, I didn't come back until my body was healthy and ready. You know, there's a big piece that I haven't told anybody. You know, the head, in, head injury didn't take me out for the whole eight years. It's actually because I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. So it took a couple years uh, with medicine to be able to basically wake up at, and not be in severe pain every single day and be limited with my joints. Um, so it took some, you know, trial and error with medications and doctors, you know, I went a long time with not knowing what was wrong with me and, you know, I don't want people, I don't really share that because I don't want people to look at me like, you know, like I'm handicapped or, you know, I, you know, I'm a strong woman and yeah, I'm still in pain, you know, every single day, but nothing to the degree that I was when I originally was diagnosed and, and trying to find the right medications and exercise and diet. Um, but I'm at a very healthy point now, um, have been actually for, uh, all over a year. So I was, I was very methodical with me listening to my body when it was time to return. 
I was never going to return if my body really was going to still be going through what it was, you know, a couple, well, three, four years back. You know, I certainly wasn't ready at that time. But, you know, the head injury, that really was, you know, that really was the first couple years um, after I had to step out of the ring. After that is when I got hit with, you know, trying to find out what was wrong with me. Um, just cause I, there was days I couldn't even walk. I mean, it was very, very, very bad. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, um, but you know, I'm finally at a point I'm very blessed for the doctors that I have. Um, you know, I'm very blessed to be able to, you know, be able to return back to the ring and do stuff that I'm sure a lot of people that have, you know, the same thing that I do and deal with, they're probably going, oh, my God, how is she doing that? <laughs> but, you know, I've taken the advice of my, you know, my specialists with this. You know, I listened to them and they said I couldn't eat the stuff I want to eat. And I listened to them when they said you have to literally exercise every single day, you know. And I listened to them when they sent me to aquatics. And I actually did um, – aerobic aquatics for a year and a half um, and even weightlifting in a pool so you know I did the work to to get where I am and you know I could walk outside and get hit by a car you know so there's a risk in everything and certainly a risk that I'm getting back in the ring and yeah and you know my injury happened because a move went wrong the same thing could happen again but it's a risk I'm willing to take uh, Nicole Jenks is our guest here. We have 20 minutes with Nicole. So I'm, I'm kind of curious here. When you wrestle, would you consider yourself a baby face, a heel, an in-betweeny, or are you what the crowd decides you are? I'm what the promoter decides. So if you ask me what I want to be, I want to be a heel. I am a very well-rounded heel. Uh, I love being heel. I love cheap shots. I love... Yelling at the crowd. I love bringing weapons in. I I love it all. I love everything about being a heel. But really, you know, the promoter decides. And you know, I think with this comeback, I'm gonna have to get a little bit adjusted to not being, you know, as much as a heel as I would prefer. And that's just kind of, you know, what happens in this business. You know, it's you know, I'm an attractive female. I have talent. You know, especially some of the feds that uh, my home fed doesn't have any females. So, you know, me debuting there is a really, really big deal. You know, I'm going to be the face for the female division that they build. So, Well, you know, with that being said, you know, you said you do like to work heel. Granny, what do you have for our guest <laughs> face? Well, hello. I am Granny Holkster, and I'm not a wrestler, but I am a big, huge fan of this sport. And... Granny doesn't like the heels, so I would have a lot of fun talking a lot of smack to you because I can talk some pretty good smack to the bad guys and bad girls when I have to. So, oh, I love it. But my, I love it. But my, but my question to you uh, is, or one of my questions to you is, who was your biggest inspiration to make you want to become a wrestler? Well, I grew up on Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man. So that's really the era 
uh, Ric Flair to this day. I've always, always, always loved uh, Ric Flair. And then as far as women, um, you know, I was a teenager when China was, you know, breaking through Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, holding a man's title and, and just breaking barriers. So as far as a female, I would say China. And as far as a male wrestler, I would say Ric Flair. Okay, that's awesome. And my other question to you, what has been your most challenging match you've ever had in your career? I would say when I wrestled um, for WXW, I wrestled Mercedes Martinez, and it was a live TV taping. I didn't know when I was booked for that show that it was going to be um, any kind of TV taping, for that matter, better yet, live. So I probably found out about two hours before the match. And Mercedes Martinez at that time had a really big name. And, you know, the, the fans adored her and you know, this was the first match that I'd be doing with commentary and everything is, has to be, you know, on point because it's live. That match, you know, there was, I made a couple of mistakes and every single time I see that match, I pick them out. Not everybody that has the fine eye for it can pick it out, you know, thank God. But, um, you know, I beat myself up for it because it's, you know, the first, live TV taping I ever did and it was a really big opportunity and you know I kind of psych myself out by making a couple of mistakes like I said you need well, kind of a fine eye to, to see it but oh, yeah. you know it's yeah. there well I admire the fact that um, you um, you know took the time to get yourself healthy again and make that come back despite what maybe doctors were saying, friends were saying, because I have a very good friend in the wrestling business. Uh, matter of fact, this happened Saturday night. They were about three minutes into the match, and the guy that he was wrestling, um, my friend J.D., John Cross, the guy he was wrestling, and J.D.'s kind of the heel right now, and J.D.'s kind of, I mean, John Cross is kind of the baby face right now, and but uh, he ended up breaking his fibula like about three minutes into the match and then went on to continue wrestling that whole entire match for 20 more plus minutes. You know, so it wasn't so, a compound uh, break then, right, Granny? Because, I mean, you know, we, we all, I think we all remember the Anderson Silver break in, in MMA when his ankle just, you know, flopped. So, I mean, it was well, maybe, was it like a small break or? Well, I'm not sure exactly. I mean, from what he's saying, he's not going to have to have surgery right now. Oh, that's um, good. Which is going to be a good a good thing. But it, it just, you know, her. it's a perfect example. I mean, I've had friends. I mean, one of my other good friends, Mr. Saturday Night, Michael Berry, he got thrown through a table uh, by Titan from a choke slam from the top rope, and the doctors were telling him that he needed to quit wrestling. And he quit. He he stayed out for about eight or nine months, but he came back and he's still wrestling today. So, I admire her determination for getting herself healthy and making that comeback in the sport. So I admire you. Uh, uh, kudos to you for that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Nicole Jinks is our guest here. We've got about 14 minutes here left. So, now, we're going to circle back to me. Now, what I'm going to do, 
Because I always ask every independent wrestler this, and no one ever answers it the same way. So I'm going to put it to you. Two-part question. Actually, three-part question. First part. Let's say that, uh, you know, when you're making your comeback and then you have a WWE official out in the audience and they come up to you after the show and say, you know, I really love your work and they they want to offer you a contract and have you come to the WWE. One, is that something that you want to do? Because when you go there, you know, you control all aspects of your life. You, they say you do this, you go here, you go there, you can't do this, you can't do this, blah, 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 blah. As an independent wrestler, you do what you want. Now, two-part question. Is that something that you want to do? And if you do get that big multi-million dollar contract with them, would you not think time must still talk to us? And I'm putting in my application right now for when you get your own federation, I I in big swing and grand, you'll come work for you. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, um, I, I, I think, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be the fan control person. I'll be, you know, like I like to, I like to make it enjoyable for fans too. So you know, <laughs> and you're with, hired. My, with my and, hired. And icon, with my with my radio background uh, and radio degrees and my play by play experience that I do uh, here with local colleges and things, I then would be the JR or the radio play by play guy. So we got Granny. Granny's going to run security. We've got me doing the. the Video, or well, actually, it would be TV uh, broadcasting. But I can't. What would your role exactly be in, in her fed when she opens up? Uh, promotion and get her wrestlers, because I know so many. Mm. Mm. But would you get into the ring at all, Icon? Would you t- take sure take would. a bump, perhaps? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, that, that's my that's my next question. Uh, but I will let her answer the other. The, her, we'll well, her I wouldn't want to be first. so much security, big swing. I would just like to be, you know, in the the fan the the fan section, you know, helping, you know, ha- enjoying sitting there, enjoying the matches with the fans, helping you know get the crowd going, you know, and stuff. That's what Granny does pretty well. So I could do security though too. So. <laughs> So uh, we'll go back to Nicole, and we'll let her answer the question, then we'll come back to me. Go ahead, Nicole. (laughs) Well, I mean, in order for me to really have a name, I I mean, it kind of only makes sense that I go with WWE. If the opportunity presented itself, I'd be a fool because many, you know, many wrestlers are still able to have careers after their contract ends because now they have a name. So it would be foolish for me not to you know, want to pursue that. But um, honestly, I would be happy, you know, with um, Women of Wrestling or GLOW. You know, I actually grew up on GLOW. So, you know, it doesn't necessarily, you know, have to be WWE, but I certainly, you know, would not turn them down if they were interested. And you're all hired for my future federation. (laughs) And, uh, you know, the cool thing about you mentioned GLOW, uh, I happen to know one of the uh, well, actually, I happen to know several performers from Glow. So if you ever meet, want me to hook you up with them, let me know. I'll get you taken care of. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be really awesome. So we have uh, Nicole Jinx here. We got about ten minutes left here. Uh, so uh, so we so we can get this in. Uh, I'm gonna let you do this now. If our fans want to do check you out and uh, see how you're doing and follow you. Do you have a Facebook? You got an Instagram? You got a YouTube? You got a Twitter? You got a Twitch? You got a GoFundMe? What do you got? (laughs) 
Um, I have a Facebook page that if you go to Nicole Jenks, J-I-N-X, you'll actually, if you request me as a friend, then um, you can also go to my fan page, which is Fate with the the Female Pro Wrestling. And then just to um, confuse uh, fans even more, because I have so many different names and aliases, my YouTube is actually under my real name, uh, which is Nicole Keimig, and that is K-E-I-M-I-G. Long story why I have so many aliases, but um, I guess it keeps things interesting. That is awesome. So I'm kind of curious. You know, you know, you mentioned with your injury, there's there's some several some moves that you won't be able to take, and there's a thousand that you can still do. I'm kind of curious. What is your finishing maneuver? What goes into it? What's involved? And then we'll see if one of us will volunteer to have you practice around us. Mine is a running Yakuza kick to your face. Um, so I typically whip the opponent into the uh, corner turnbuckle, give them a jumping clothesline, and then hit the rope like a speed of lightning and um, literally jump off uh, jump off the ground and kick you right in the face. Well, that's kind of like my finishing move, which is called junk punch him in the man business. It's a little lower than the face, though. <laughs> um, Icon, actually, your your finishing move is called disqualification. Not as referee's back is turned. Yeah, but that that's dirty. You know, Icon, Granny wouldn't like that very much. That, that, that's a very heel thing to do. <laughs> I think we left you speechless, Big Swing. So, uh, no, I'm here. I'm just bouncing back and forth between studios. I said that's a very heel thing to do, Icon. I don't think Granny would like that. Well, I, well, well, Fane, I should, I should ask this: If uh, our fans wanted to see you wrestle, do you know when your next appearance is? Where it, where it is? When it is, and are tickets available? Tell us about your next upcoming event. Uh, that is October 26th, and that is Angels Gate Women Wrestling. You can purchase tickets directly at their website, and um, you can also see the information if you do request me on Facebook as a friend or you go to my fan page. You will also see the uh, posting for that. And any other shows um, that will be added, there are a few shows that I'm finalizing that I have not uh, put out there, uh, will be also added to my Nicole Jinx and Fate the Female Pro Wrestler fan page. You know, and also speaking of, you know, female wrestling, you know, you mentioned that you used to wrestle men and you used to beat the hell out of the guys, which I find is really cool. If I ever need a bodyguard to date in the same time, I'm going to call you. However, okay. do you feel that what they used to do with women's wrestling and with the gravy roll matches and the mud wrestling and the bra and panties matches, do you feel that that was degrading to female wrestling compared to what they are now as Absolutely. Them like athletes and the and making them part of the show instead of just a an attraction. Absolutely. I mean, 
you know, just historically it's taken women a, a long time to get noticed for their talent and not for their, you know, tits and ass and doing those silly, you know, matches that were going on um, and even just being called divas. Um, you know, I, I work now for feds that say they don't want to call you know, women divas because they find it, you know, degrading and they don't want that kind of, you know, image with their women wrestlers. You know, I was really disappointed, you know, during my prime back then. That's, you know, really what was selling was the, you know, bra and bikini matches. And and that was, you know, difficult for me to get booked a lot of times because that was what was expected, and that's not the type of wrestler that I am. Um, so, you know, that's why I'm really excited that things have changed. And, you know, honestly, I, I didn't follow wrestling when I retired because, honestly, it just made me a little depressed. So I didn't really follow it, and I had no idea what was going on behind the scenes with women starting to really be, you know, become wrestlers and not, you know, the the bra panty matches and stuff and um I I jumped on it. So not you know, it was I think all the stars aligned between my health and with the way that the shift has now happened with women wrestling and now promoters actually, you know, are messaging me left and right asking, you know, if I want to work for them versus, you know, a decade ago I would have to keep emailing, you know, 50, 100, you know, feds, and maybe I get, you know, two or three responses that they're interested in booking because they just either A, didn't want to book females, or B, that they wanted bra and panties. So um, I'm really excited that we have shifted from that. Um, I do think that that was a, um, a very degrading period uh, for wrestling in general, but I think now it's starting to redeem itself. And it's safe to say that those are kind of matches that you would never do and would not bring yourself to lower yourself to that kind of match, correct? No. If I have to, if I have to go in my bra and panties for you to want to book me, then I don't you know, I, at the end of the day, I, I I don't need that. That's not why I started wrestling. That's not why I fell in love with it. And I certainly don't want to just be eye candy and basically degrade it like that. I've worked too damn hard to get where I am. And I've wrestled, you know, men in training, you know, and, and actual shows and got my ass beat because I had to prove that, you know, I could wrestle men and, and, you know, match up to them. So, no, I've worked way too hard these many 11-plus years now, and for me to go out there and sell myself short, it would just be really sickening to me. And uh, real quick, i got to do a couple uh, ego questions because our fans knew it was coming. Uh, A couple (laughs) things. If I sent you an address because we got a big giveaway show coming up in December, our, our big Christmas promotion. Do you think you'd be willing to send us some autographs for some giveaways? Absolutely. I'd love to. And also, uh, the icon made you a cool collector's card. What was your opinion on that? 
Oh, I loved it. My fans loved it. Um, so that is up on uh, Nicole Jenks and Faith of Female Pro Wrestler fan page. Uh, reached a lot of fans, got a lot of likes, um, and definitely I have many, many, many fans and friends right now um, trying to, you know, listen in. That's awesome. We do appreciate it. And uh, we have two minutes here. we got to wrap this up. And I do appreciate you being on with us. And we do want to have you on again when we have another opening. We do appreciate you coming on at short notice. I know that you're going to be on that show up in Canada again in October. And I know that's a second-rate show, but they do love you there, too, on Cut the Promo Podcast. But Attitude Era Live is where your big fan base is because we love you even more. Oh, thank you. I love you guys back. right. And uh, what I'll do is I will stay in contact with you. I sent you the address uh, on Messenger, and we do appreciate it. And thank you for taking time out of your schedule. I know you have to get up early in the morning, so we'll let you go back to sleep. And we do appreciate you taking time with us tonight. We appreciate it. Thank you all for having me on. I can't wait to talk to you again. And um, I really thank you, and I appreciate your time. I hope you all have a good night. And I know that you'll be having sweet dreams of the icon as well. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Good night. Nicole Jakes, ladies and gentlemen, fate in the ring. What an interview. I love that. Yeah, she's great. She really is. Our next guest should be calling in here very shortly, if not quickly. So she was on cut the promo podcast last night and he only gave her what 10 minutes well actually five minutes live and 15 minutes recorded so i felt really bad that uh you know that it had to uh get get rushed like that so uh i wanted to bring her on so she can see that there is uh there is real podcasts out there do you think she felt rushed I think so, you know. And uh, the thing is, the show just kind of cut off without any warning. You know, it just said, thank you for using Block Talk Radio. Goodbye. And then that was it. Huh. So we're just waiting for our next guest. And uh, we should be, uh, so watch the board and they should be calling in shortly. I'm going to. So, anyways, guys, um, how is uh, how, how I mean, how's everybody's night going besides that? I mean, I think it's been pretty smooth so far. We had tore the guy on briefly, but overall, I think it's been pretty smooth. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, Toy the Flush guy is really starting to tick me off. I mean, I have a feeling that Jordan's behind that. I really do. You think so? I do. Well, how do you, okay. How do you how do you know how do you know that maybe he's not the toilet flush guy? Could be. The thing is, though, we never had a toilet flush guy until he came on our show. Well, think about that. What is I that? I have no idea what that is. What is that? I don't know. 
Well, like I said, I I have no use for. Sorry that. about that. That was that was a that was a phone thing coming through as a station phone. So I'm gonna go on mute here real quick. Hang on. So, anyways, but I I I think he's I think he's behind that whole thing, and I think he's behind a lot of things that he's causing a lot of grief. You know. Um, trying to cause a lot of grief for our program, you know, and I don't think it's right, but but that's my well, opinion. You know, you know, I give him kudos for what he does. And he's been doing his podcast longer than we have. However, I feel, in my humble opinion, that our podcast has excelled more so than his has. That's just my opinion. Well, well, and everybody's entitled. I mean, I used to do a podcast several years ago for a long time before I started doing the podcast with you guys. And, I mean, we even had a better podcast than what he has sometimes. But that, I mean, we had a lot of, I mean, we, I, I mean, ours was pretty much strict to, to wrestlers, you know, independent, you know, whatever, and that's fine, but um, and what we do here is awesome too. But you know, I I'm sorry, he just his I don't know, just something about him just turns me the wrong way. But that's like I said, that's my yeah, opinion. Call on the line icon. It's uh, it's a two two five three number. Yep, there you go. All right, do your hey, thing, man. Have it, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, have it, guys. stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. He is going to be known as Mr. NXT. He is the reason why NXT is going to be the highest-rating wrestling show in history. Better than WCW. Better than ECW. Better than AWA. Better than NWA. Better than whatever federation you want to name. Because of this man here. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Dave Hollenbeck. Hey, guys, it's Havoc here. Thanks for having me on the show, guys, on uh, Attitude Era Live. And we're glad uh, we're glad that you're here. Uh, I'll tell you what, if you want, we, we, we do the uh, line a little later. Uh, we have... Uh, uh, David Hollenbeck here with us. We've got 25 minutes here with David. So we want to jump right into this. You are probably the highest-ranked wrestler that we've had on the show. So tell us how your contract with NXT came to be. Well, as of right now, I don't have an actual contract. I'm just going down there to uh, try to get one. They're, they're, uh, they're, I'm at the second stage, I guess is what they would call it. For most guys, that's what they call this uh, stage, second stage of being hired. So, so let's keep our fingers crossed, and uh, I, will, I will bust my butt to make sure that uh, I give them all that I can so that that contract does come to me. Well, the good news is because you're on this show now, that's going to get your contract. There you go. You guys go there. You guys call them and tell them that they need to hire me. Yeah, that's uh, well, it's not just optimism. We actually do have a lot of pull. Really? That's good. Because uh, um, there's WWE writers 
that there's WWE writers that listen to the show that they change their storylines because we talk about it. So no. there you go, man. You're, you're as good as hired. Now I will so, put this to you real quick, and then we'll uh, then we'll uh, let you uh, continue. When you do sign this multi-million dollar contract, I'm curious because I, I usually ask this later in the interview, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it now. When you get this million dollar contract and you become a big stud like where you are now, but when you become a bigger stud, are you still going to be willing to talk to us and not think Thomas and still be our friend? Oh, definitely. I'm not. I'm, just, I'm not that kind of guy. I don't care about the money and stuff. You know, the the honest speed to this is. Uh, I'm doing a lot of this. I mean, I love pro wrestling. Don't get me wrong, but uh, this is going to give me the ability to take. That sounds uh, kind of crazy, but it's going to be able to give me the ability to take my my ex back to court and go for custody of my daughters. But not. I don't want custody. I just want father's rights. I have that right now because of the circumstances that uh, she took off and left in the middle of the night, basically, and took my daughters to California. So I'm doing this, you know, a lot for them and for me. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, and. We want you to win that court case. We want you to get your daughters back. But I'll give you one quick tip, and then we'll get back to the interview. When they introduce who the judge is, do not say, oh, I was hoping for Judge Judy. Don't say that. They don't like that. <laughs> That's money. Oh. So, uh, so, there you go. I, I didn't know if you guys had time. So I was waiting for that, that one. So, so anyway, how did you guys so get into this? What's that? How did you guys get into doing this radio? How did, I mean, like, tell me your guys' history. I, I'm, I'm interested. I mean, you guys want to know about me. I'd like to know about you guys, too. Well, actually, <laughs> wow. what happened was, uh, I'll, I'll kind of let the big swing fill in the blanks, but how I got involved in it, uh, this was originally uh, uh, produced by uh, Overtime.News. Then uh, my company, at, uh, Icon Enterprises, took it over. Uh, I kind of uh, came on as a C-Squad uh, announcer, interviewer, whatever you want to say. And, you know, it was kind of fledgling, and we just used to come on the air for two hours and just bitch about how bad Monday Night Raw is, and it's still bad. They're still insulting our intelligence. That's another story for another time. However, and then uh, I've taken it. You know, we added Granny Hulkster. We got the big swing here. He's been with us from the beginning. I've been here since the inception, and I started booking guests, and I started getting superstars, well, talented yes actors, no. authors, novelists, uh, porn stars, you name it, I've gotten them, and I got us a theme song, and we just basically <laughs> love the business, and we figured, well, why don't we go on, on the air Monday night, let's see if we can get Dave Holland back on the show to propel us to where we want to go, and that's basically our story. Well, well, oh, that's, that's the icon side of it. I mean, I have, I've worked with uh, the local. I live up in New York. See, we're in all three different spots here. Normally, radio what shows are done. I'm up, I'm up by Albany. Um, but uh, oh, okay. So yeah, I have families in the Syracuse area. So, um, but normally, oh, okay, nice. Go go orange. Um, normally, the you know, the radio shows are done all in the same room in the same place, you know, whatever. Where you can look and see the person. Uh, I'm in New York. Granny is in uh, Arkansas, and Icon's up in, in Fargo, North Dakota, uh, which which the only reason anybody knows is because of the movie. 
But my <laughs> my premise here, uh, well, I've been in radio for years. I have two radio degrees. I actually work for a local ESPN station up here. Uh, I have my, my morning talk show and a sports talk show. Uh, and I do um, the local play-by-play, radio play-by-play for one of the local college sports teams up here. So I've been doing that for a while. Wrestling, however, has always been sort of a side passion. It's always sort of been something that I grew up watching. I grew up right in the Attitude Era. Uh, it's been something that I've always been interested in, always loved. And one of my other buddies, who's too busy to do the show now, uh, was like, hey, let's, you know, podcasting is the future. And let, let, let's start a podcast about wrestling. And, and like Icon said, it was, it was originally designed to just us complain about how bad WWE is. And it was supposed to be a comedy show um, about, you know, the, the, the atrocities that, you know, 2010 through 2018 WWE had been. Uh, but then, you know, Icon actually was a caller. He was somebody who I guess was browsing the internet or something and uh, found the show and, and and was calling in weekly and always had something, you know, interesting to say. It was a, a wealth of knowledge uh, and, and trivia. We used to ask him trivia questions all the time and, and you know, you couldn't stump him. And he became a, a regular caller. Uh, and, and when my, my buddy who started the show had to step aside, uh, you know, we, we brought him on board, asked him, hey, you know, you, you're on this show more than some of us are. Uh, do you, do you want to do the co-hosting thing? And he did. He's brought to the table uh, a lot. Like he said, he, he does all the booking for our guests, and he's got a wide variety of guests that he gets, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, and then Granny, uh, she actually was the same thing. She was a listener. Well, uh, I, can actually, I can actually share my story, too. I mean... Sure. Yeah, I, by all I, means. I'm I, I I I'm not a wrestler, even though I have the gimmick name Granny Hulkster. I'm a huge fan of the sport, and one of my very good wrestling buddies, his wife, called in one night as a guest on our on this show, and I called in to listen to Chelsea Stackhouse, and um, and they kind of asked me if I wanted to join the podcast. I used to do a podcast with some friends. Uh, that lived over in Oklahoma, you know, several years ago, and so that's how that's how Granny became part of Attitude Era Live. So yeah, and it's always been shaped as a three-person show. Back when we had uh, Icon, you remember Jason? We used to call him Sexual Chocolate. We he used to be on. Uh, we had that other kid for a while. Like it's always been a three-person or more show. Uh, for a couple of months, it was just Icon and I uh, because we were looking for somebody else. And when Granny called up and she, she was had such a good personality and, you know, her storytelling and her wrestling knowledge, we were like, hey, you know, what? why not? So, um, you know, this is being simulcast right now over, you know, the local uh, FM station up here in New York. Uh, I got it's on the B station right now because we got Monday night football going on the main station, but uh, it, it is, it is going to be played back all week. Uh, and, and so people are going to be listening to this. So they, they will hear you. They will hear your story. Uh, and they will hear, you know, when we ask you the questions, how you got into the business and whatnot, um, just know that not just the internet audience, but a, a, a large contingency of, of upstate New York people, uh, we'll be hearing this on their FM uh, morning radios as well. So, so that's always pretty cool. Um, but uh, but I got real quick. 
Well, 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 real quick, Icon, we do have a 617 number on. I'm hesitant because well, of the toilet flush guy. But, well, is that our last guest? No. It's 10 o'clock. Okay, so <laughs> it, it, well, 11 o'clock, my time, but um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, should, should, I, should I put him through? I mean, see, see, I, see I we, we've had issues. No, he's a three four three one. All right. See, we've had well, issues recently. This is why I'm asking Icon. We've had issues recently with with a uh, prankster who, you know, calls up and we think it's a normal caller, and then they flush the toilet and and hang up. Now, I think from a radio background our standpoint, five, our, our next guest at ten fifteen is a five zero eight number. So five zero eight. Okay, so I'll, I'll look into that. Uh, but they've been flushing the toilet and hanging up. And I think, you know, radio-wise, it's a good prank. Now, to do it two to three times a show gets monotonous. But, boy, it really gets under Icon's skin. And I don't know what's better, the the prank itself or, or his reaction to it. So that, that's why I, I'm hesitant because we do have an interview to do. Uh, I'm hesitant to, to put this caller through. Uh, but I, it is annoying me seeing the flashing – blinking light here on the switchboard. So I, I'll put him on, and if it's who I think it is, I'll quickly hang up. So, caller, what's up? Hey, how you guys doing tonight? Oh, good. How are you? Uh, yep, that, that's what I thought. So anyway, I cut him off halfway through. So anyways, I can, uh, now we right, can commence well, with the uh, interview. All right, let's get back to the interview. We have David Holland back. Yes. We have 15 minutes here left with David. So sure, sure. let's get back to all this madness now. Uh, so tell us, Dave, how long uh, have you uh, been in the business, and uh, what got you involved? Well, I um, I got into the business um, about 21 years ago. Um, I was doing a freestyle and Greco-Roman wrestling at the local boys club, and one of my friends was a pro wrestler and was going to be wrestling, and. Uh, I was always a huge fan. I've watched it since I was six years old with my grandfather, maybe even younger than that. And uh, hang on, guys, sorry. Um, yeah, sorry, I'm driving right now. Um, um, my uh, my grandfather got me involved in wrestling as a pro wrestling, so I've I've loved it since day one. But um, kind of went to wrestling school out here in Washington, and then uh, I got picked up soon by a promotion up in Canada, and I wrestled there for the majority of my wrestling career up until about 2001, and uh, I've just uh, been lucky. I've got to work with lots of great people. Um, I do feel like, uh, do you know how Stone Cold says, he used to say what all the time? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, he used to do that, the what thing, and uh, I believe today that I am the what that he was talking about. I believe that I am what pro wrestling needs right now. I believe that uh, my skill set, my way that I look at wrestling is what uh, the fans want to see, and uh, I believe that I bring the credentials and the right attitude to take NXT to the next level. Just all I need is that chance. And by getting that chance, uh, we have uh, Dave Hollenbeck, we have uh, 13 minutes here. By getting that chance, 
what is your 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 goal is to actually have a long tenure, but what is your your goal right now for uh getting signed? What is your time frame on that? I don't I don't look at things like that anymore. I used to put like time frames on things. I just put one step every day in front of the other one. And uh if it doesn't come tomorrow, it's still on its way. That's how I feel. And when you got contacted to do a trial with NXT, did they did someone see an advantage? You send them tapes? Did someone say, "Hey, you got to check um, this guy out?" How did it all come about? I was uh I've been doing the what is it called? The extra work for a while. And I just come to the shows that, you know, you have to do all the physical and do the blood work and all that stuff to get, to be licensed in whatever state is that you're going to want to wrestle in. And, uh, I eventually, they seen me and they said, Hey, um, can you work heel? And I said, yes. And they said, well, you got a match tonight. And I was like, out of about, I think there's probably maybe 10, 10 to 12 people there that night. And I got picked to uh, do the TV taping, and you could go watch. I, Me and uh, Humberto had a match on 205 Live. That's awesome. We have uh, David Hornbeck. We have uh, 11 minutes here left. So you mentioned that uh, they asked you to work heel. Granny, what do you got? <laughs> well, as I said, I'm just a fan, but Granny loves to talk smack to the heels. I can talk some pretty good smack to the bad guys out there, and I enjoy doing them. They they talk smack oh. to me, and I just throw it right back in their face. So you and I would have a lot of fun playing together. I think so. I think what so too. I think, been... that, uh, I think you should try it. Give me give me your best line. Give me your best. Give me your best <laughs> well, okay, day. okay. I had I had a wrestler one night tell me that granny don't you have a curfew at the nursing home okay i'm 57 years old i just turned 57 in august okay (laughs) he said don't you have a curfew at the nursing home and i grabbed my keys out of my purse i said and i shoved my fist in his face i said baby i don't need no curfew i got keys to the building and he ran off screaming um you know, uh, one thing I like to say to uh, to the the fans in the looking out into the crowd tonight, I see why some species eat their young. Wow! Oh no! Oh! That's funny. But I tell you. You 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 That's need to come to awesome. Oklahoma. You you need you need to come to Oklahoma or Arkansas and wrestle. Really? Yeah, I, I, I know what, yeah, I've never I, been to Oklahoma. My uh, my wrestling professor uh, and uh, jiu-jitsu professor is from Oklahoma. You might have heard of him, Marshall. He was a Olympic gold medalist. Uh, Oklahoma. He's a Sooner. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah I this, mean, is back, this is back in the, this is back in the '80s, though. So is Jim Ross, who is arguably the best uh, play-by-play announcer of all time. And if I'm not yes, mistaken, yes. I think you guys, uh, you and uh, he will be on uh, Cut, uh, Cut the Promo podcast in October, if I'm not mistaken. That me and who? Oh, yeah, me and, me uh, and Mark. You, I thought you were saying yeah. Jim Ross. I'm sorry. I was, I was, I was kind of not tracking no, no. that for a second. Sorry. Too many, hair, too many headshots from uh, chairs and stuff. <laughs> makes me a little <laughs> slow. I'll, but I guess my question. But I guess my question to you is, what has been your most challenging match you've ever had, or one of your most challenging matches you've ever done in your career? 
most challenging match. Um, hmm. That's, that, I mean, that could be interesting because I've had matches with guys that um, were very limited, and that was challenging because uh, you, to carry somebody like that um, can mm-hmm. take a, a lot of work. Um, most cha- challenging, are you probably, would you say, like, you want to know which one was my toughest match, as in, like, your best, yeah. my best opponent? Yeah. Best opponent to date would be, hmm. I, somebody that I've been to war with is a guy that's wrestled down in Texas and uh, in Oregon. His name is Jason Sullivan. I've probably had my my most, uh, I guess, uh, memorable matches with him, Jason Sullivan. And uh, okay. he, he's a pretty tough guy. Well, that's pretty awesome. So, I mean, that's, that's amazing. So. Yeah. That's awesome. We have he, uh, David Holland back here. We have uh, eight minutes left here with David. So so we can get this in here, David, real quick. Uh, if our fans wanted to check you out and follow you, do you have a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch, you got a GoFundMe, what do you got? You can look up uh, Dave Hollenbeck on Facebook. If you find a guy in Jiu-Jitsu gear, his name's Dave Hollenbeck. That's probably me. That's pretty cool. And... Uh, uh, Real quick here, so we also don't forget, uh, I sent you a strip for a liner. We're going to go ahead and do that now. I'll touch it down for five so we can do that, and then uh, we'll uh, continue the interview. All right. You tell me when to go, and I will go. All right, here you go. Ready? Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, this is Hannah, guys. You're listening to Attitude Era Live with the host, the icon. The Big Swing and Granny Hall of Fish. That's awesome. That'll work. So I hope that was good. When, <laughs> when, when is your first match uh, uh, or your next match with NXT? When do you head down there, or are you down there already? No, I'm leaving. I'm in Washington right now. I leave on the 8th, and I get back home on the 10th, and then there should be another. So I wrestle on the 9th, and I will be probably wrestling, hopefully, again on the 14th. So let's keep our fingers crossed for that. So here's the thing. You, with this, with this I, I guess, you know, you mentioned it's the, sec, the next step. So yes. is, is this, will, will you, will this be televised then? Or is this uh, like a dark match? Um, no, this would be like the, anything I think with NXT that I'm going to be doing from now on, I think there might be some dark matches, but I think it'll be televised. Um, uh, just because the last match that I had with WWE was televised doesn't mean always that my next matches are going to be televised, but I'll keep you guys posted. That That's the best I could give you is I, I can keep you guys posted on if I'm going to be live or not. Tell you guys when to tune in. Uh, you guys should be tuning Actually, you guys should be tuning in. Well, and then, you know, I don't know if you're able to do this or not, and I'll, I'll understand if you can't, but uh, if I were to, uh, you know, send you a uh, – an address, would you be willing to send us a few autographs for our big December giveaway show? Could you do that for us? Oh, for sure, yeah. No problem. Because, you know, the icon did make you a collector's card. What was your thought on that? That was very cool. I thought it was very cool that he made that. Uh, um, I, I, I was, it was pretty shocking to see somebody that go out of their way to make something for me. That's, that's always cool to see, you know, when fans or people in the business do that without, you know, you asking somebody to do something like that is always uh, humbling. 
Well, so I guess you could say it's your rookie card. <laughs> there you go. I must be the oldest rookie ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I think the oldest rookie ever was uh, 33 years old. Chris Coast was probably the oh. oldest rookie in the in. I'm going to take that as a compliment. The league. Yeah, there you go. So uh, <clears throat> you you head down there, and now will you have more than one match, or you don't know? Or I have no at this point. Like when you get there, or do you already know? Who I don't know. I could there? be. I I don't know any. Like I won't know anything, but I will keep you guys posted. As soon as I find out something, you guys will be like the first on my list. Since you guys are my first interview before I head down there, you guys will definitely be on my uh, list of people to contact. So you guys can spread the word, share the videos. Because if I have any matches like last time, um, I have a video that went from like in just, I watched it in a minute go from one view to. 50,000 views because it, like that's how crazy the WWE is. Like I've never had a video get seen by 50,000 people like that. Um that's the that's the power of, you know, going to WWE and stuff. Well, then here's what I want you to do. I want you to do like I do because I have an ego. You you probably never guess that. What I do <laughs> is like whenever I'm going to be on TV or whatnot, I always send a message out on uh Facebook Messenger, "Hey, I'm going to be on TV." KVRR at 9 o'clock. Check me out. You know, I want you to do that. I want you to keep me posted. Text me. You have my number. Send me a, a, a Yahoo or a Facebook messenger. Let me know when you'll be on, and we'll we'll get everybody tuned in, and we'll make sure it's a high rating so that you have to sign you. They'll have no choice. Awesome, awesome. Hey, I'm going to go That's in. I'm cool. stepping into my gym right now. I'm going to have all my students. Uh, I have probably about 20, 30 students right now. Um, they're going to say hi to you guys, okay? Sure. Hang on one second. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. You guys are all on uh, the radio right now. Say hi to live. I mean, uh, sorry. An Attitude Era Live. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> sorry. Hey, guys. Sorry if they blew you guys. Sorry if they blew your ears. I can't smell. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm about here's to teach we'll jujitsu. Yeah, since you have that class, wait. Here's what we'll do. We'll let uh, we'll let you go ahead and uh, get to your class. We do appreciate it, and uh, we are going to have you on again. And I'll be able to catch up with you in October with your mentor on Cut the Promo Podcast. Awesome, awesome. Hey, you guys, have a good night, and uh, thanks again. And uh, keep 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 doing what you're doing, guys. Thank you. Bye. Stay safe. Dave Hollenbeck, ladies and gentlemen, the future of XT is on Attitude Era Live. How many people can say that? That's awesome. Not too many can say that. No, not too many can say it because we haven't had a lot of uh, NXT, you know, hopefuls or or tryouts or, or whatever his status is with NXT. We haven't had too many of them. So uh, you're right. We can't really say that that often. Um now, I can we do have that 508 number on. Uh, it is, I assume, our final guest. Jordan hasn't called it in yet. Uh, Jordan said he wanted to come on and, and, and talk uh, with this person. So, um, obviously, I'm, I'm going to keep my uh, my eyes peeled for for that number. But um, do you want to just jump right into this? Uh, conserve some time? Yep. Or? yep. All Let's right, do man. It. Do your thing. Ladies and gentlemen. Stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. He is 
the legendary, the greatest heel referee in the history of the wrestling business. And he is with us tonight. And this is going to be the most dangerous interview we've ever had. Because I give you dangerous Danny Davis. Hey, this is Dangerous Danny Davis, world-famous bad guy referee. And you're listening to the Attitude Era live with the host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster. Awesome. That Danny Davis, I guess, here. We got, <laughs> we're we're, we're going to take him up to the top of the hour. we got 44 minutes here, so we're going to ask you some questions. We'll, we'll start with me, then we'll kind of go around the room, and uh, then we'll circle back to me. But first off, Danny, I want to thank you for joining us tonight. How you been, bud? I've been great, man. I've been great. I just came back from uh, WrestleCon down in New Jersey, and uh, we had a great time. I was there with on the wall, man. The list goes on and on of the people that were there, but I more or less with the killer bees, I had them there. Colonel Kirshner, you remember him? And uh, Sergeant Slaughter, Medusa. Oh, man, there was so many of us down there. We had a great time, and I, I wish it never ended. And, of course, you were the most famous one down there. That's exactly, of course. You know, <laughs> when we go to these things, that, that's that's what I enjoy most, you know, talking with the guys I worked with and, and lived with all those years. And uh, it's kind of like a Thanksgiving thing, boy, and I, I really do. It, it's it's awful when it when it ends, you know. And uh, we got, I put some pictures up on my website, uh, Dangerous Danny Davis, on, on Facebook. Got people to like my page and and go on there and see the pictures we took with each other, and uh, and uh, I hope that uh, a lot of people do that because it's it's very interesting. I mean, like I say, we got pictures on there. We we have uh, stories that we we talked about, and uh, uh, as I say, you you have to attend one of these things to feel the uh, the, the the electricity. That goes on in those things. It's really a great thing. Fans, fans from way back, fans, new fans, uh, young fans who, who whose parents have uh, taught them about us, and they talk to us about things that we we forgot about. Some of the fans, and and the fans, as they always say, they're the best in the world in New England, man. And you know, you didn't always. Uh, you started out uh, as a as a referee, and then you kind of started getting into, you started wrestling because you were the manager of the Heart Foundation at the time. Can you tell us how the transition from being the referee to being the re, uh, to the wrestler when they decided to turn you heel, how that all came about, when they pitched you, and what the thought process went into it, how long it, uh, it took to plan it out, and how long it took to get to where you're at? Well, it wasn't, uh, people ask me that all the time, and uh, it, was, it wasn't something that was planned. Uh, it, and I wrote a book called uh, Life, Mr. Rex, The Life Story of Dangerous Danny Davis, which is available on, on my site, uh, DangerousDannyDavis.com. But anyway, uh, it has all that information in there, but I'll let you in on some some of the facts. What happened was uh, I, I became a referee, and then uh, it, it was a natural thing for me to be a referee. I just fell into it, and it, it just came natural for me. And uh, I started, you know, just calling the matches legitimately right down the line. I wasn't favoring the baby face or the heel. And it kind of caught on, and somebody must have noticed it. 
And uh, it, it just developed into a, a story, storyline, which I wasn't even available. It, it was nothing planned. We just went with it one day, and somebody came up with the idea, and, and we we did it, and, and the rest is history. That's the short version of what took place. But uh, it, it was no planning. It was not like it was uh, uh, planned no. for months or years or anything like that. As I say, it went right into we just did it. Icon, I do have Jordan Garber on the line. I know, uh, you know, this was an interview that he really wanted to uh, to talk to. So uh, I'm going to put him through. Well, Dan, uh, Dan well, would you be willing to take some calls? Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, please. Uh, he's uh, on. Absolutely. Go ahead. What, what do you have for our guest? Uh, Triple D, Dan, Dan, Dangerous Danny Davis. What do you got, caller? Go ahead. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is Jordan Garber calling in from Cut the Promo Podcast. And obviously, uh, names like Daddy Davis are no face to me because I actually make make the press out of these interviews, unlike other people. But, um, it, yeah, it's great to be on the program. <laughs> it's, it's great to talk to uh, a Danny Davis, one of the best in the wrestling business, you know, just of his time, you know, the good old 80s of professional wrestling. My question for you is what, what was kind of going through your mind in the Hogan – uh, Mr. Wonderful angle in the cage match where the match had to be restart, restarted by Joey Morella. What was kind of your thoughts, not just on the Hogan and Mr. Wonderful match, but working with Hulk Hogan altogether? Well, Hulk Hogan, you know, is an icon. There's, no, there's nobody uh, uh, that can say anything negative about him. I mean, he did things for wrestling that that uh, it probably will never be repeated. Uh, he was the type of guy who had the charisma and, and and the people loved him, and just to be in his presence, you know, it was an awesome, awesome thing. Uh, even though you know you knew him personally or whatever, but when he came out through that through that curtain, and the atmosphere and the electricity in the arenas was just unbelievable. And how that took place uh, 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 was a lot of guys couldn't understand how he had all that charisma, but he had it, man. And to work with him and and Paul Andros, he he was with me just this weekend, and uh, I mean it, it was just a great era in wrestling. I think it was the greatest, in my opinion, the greatest era in wrestling ever, and I don't think it'll ever be repeated. And I was so glad and happy to be part of it, you know. And people remember it thirty thirty years later, thirty some odd years later, you know. I don't think that in thirty years from now that that uh, the wrestling will be remembered as it, as it is uh, today. Now, as a referee, um, you know, you were involved in an angle as a trick referee who would kind of make the heels go over. Now, this gimmick was reused by Earl Hebner and Nick Patrick for TNA and WCW angles. Kind of looking back at this, do you kind of feel that they stole stole the gimmick, or do you feel that they just had something to work with? No, it's a wrestling business, and what happens is, and, and everybody knows, fans know, and promoters know that it, it, it's not going to work as well, if at all, a second time, if you repeat something like that. What we did was never done before, uh, and if it had been tried to be, uh, someone had tried to do it, it wouldn't have worked for one reason or, the other, or another. But with me, it worked. We made We made history. It was never done before. And when other people, and they do it today. People call me up today and ask me to go in and do that angle. And they try it with other referees, their referees, and it just doesn't work. You have to have that 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 first uh, image of it and be part of the first image. And anything after that, it's just not going to work. But if they want to have, if they can make some money with it, I guess that's the wrestling business. 
And finally, your memories with Bruno San Martino. Okay, Bruno San Martino, one of the greatest in my opinion. He was my, one of my childhood heroes, you know, when I first started going to wrestling, man. He was the champ, you know, just before Pedro. And it, it was, uh, uh, man, to be around him. In fact, I worked with him and his son in, in a tag match as Mr. X with uh, uh, Steve Lombardi, the, the Brooklyn Brawler. And, uh, man, I'm going to tell you something. There's a story about that in, in my book, and I wish that people would read it because it's very, very exciting. And uh, w- what took place uh, with him and I, and uh, and uh, to the day he died, he told that story wherever, whenever I saw him, he would always bring that story up about the, the day that uh, we had those matches together on TV as, in the tag match. So to, to be around him, man, I'm telling you, it was just, you know, to, to live a dream like that and uh, to get to step into a ring with a guy like that whose whose name is synonymous with wrestling is there's no words to explain that man uh, uh, the feeling you get and to to get a compliment from him after and uh is is just a cherry on top of the you know on top of the uh, the, the sunday you know it's just it's, it's undescribable and panel back to you well, uh, Danny, you know, we have uh, dangerous Danny Davis here. We've got 35 minutes here left with Danny. Uh, you know, you mentioned your book, and we'll, we can kind of circle back to this. But if uh, our fans wanted to get the book, uh, where can they get it? You go to DangerousDannyDavis.com, and there's a link there, and it'll take you to, my, to, to the page where you get it. Uh, uh, and then I will, I will get the, the order, and I send them right, right from my office. And uh, I sign them right there. It's not something that's that's stamped or anything else. And I send them out individually. So you know, I hope that a lot. You know, I hope that fans take advantage of it. You know, uh, because it's a hell of a book. If I do say so myself, it's unlike any other wrestling book. And uh, I'm sure that they'll enjoy it. And uh, I'll, I'll I'll understand if you want to turn me down on this, but would you be willing to send us one? Autograph copy for our big uh, December giveaway show. Would you be willing to do one for us? Sure. Just give me a, you know, you you got my my number. Text me a, an address, and I'll send it right out tomorrow morning. How's that? Awesome. So, and and let me know, know what you want show... written on the in, on the inside if you want it. Uh, multiple multiple names, you know, to you guys, everybody on the, in the studio, or just uh, uh, to uh, elite, you know, the uh, Attitude Era live or the big swing and the hoster, or whatever you want it. All right. Whatever name you uh, want you know, it, I'll, uh, and I'll personally show, autograph it for you. You know, our show is uh, sponsored by SharpshooterFunding.com, uh, owned by, I don't know if you, you've heard of this wrestler uh, that owns SharpshooterFunding.com. His name is Brett the Hitman Hart. Did you have any experiences with no, him? No, I never heard of him. No, I wouldn't. Who is this guy? Where is he from? <laughs> <laughs> There's some guy out there. There's some guy I should know. <laughs> well, yes, you, I've heard the name somewhere, though. I do. I have heard the name. Yeah, it's something about a sharpshooter or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, so with that being said, uh, what, yeah. what would you know? Um, there's not too many, uh, you know. There's not too many members left of the Hart Foundation. It's basically you and Bret Hart left now. Uh, what, what, what was well, the, you know, I, I, you know, just let me inter- interject here. 
years ago, well, not years ago, well, years ago, you know, I used to do interviews like this and do podcasts and stuff, and I would tell people, you know, that that if you get an opportunity to go out to one of these conventions and, and you need something signed or, or, or if you need an autograph or you just want to meet somebody from my era, don't don't miss it, man, because that's what happens. Now, there will never be the only one time we were together all four of us, and that was in California, and that was years ago. And uh, the line, you know, the people want, that wanted the autographs because there was four of us, you know, it was, was tremendous. And I, and I always told people on these podcasts, don't hesitate. You know, get a chance to get out there and, and get your autograph because you never know, and you know, what's going to happen down the line. And unfortunately, as you just said, you know, the Hot Foundation is uh, slowly – you know, getting, you know, not going to be anymore. That now there's only three of us left: me, Jet, uh, Brett, and uh, and uh, Jimmy Hart. So don't miss out. If we get an opportunity to come and see us, come see us by all means. Now, being with the Hart Foundation, I'm sure you spent a lot of time out in Calgary. Did you ever get to do any training in the dungeon? No, no. I I met Stu Hart and. Uh, and his sons and all that, and uh, we, we used to go out to dinner, you know, after the shows and stuff like that. During this, uh, what do they call the stampede up there? We did a couple shows up there with him, and uh, uh, an awesome man, uh, you know, a, a guy who knew his wrestling business. And of course, as you know, you mentioned the dungeon. I never had the uh, uh, the pleasure of, of getting down in there and, and uh, working with him. No. And I don't know if you have any, but if you do, maybe you can share us. Do you have any? Uh... Uh, cool Owen Hart rib stories that he might have ripped you? <laughs> well, I, I can't say that uh, you, you can't put all, all Owen Hart uh, to blame on a lot of things because you're not sure. But I can tell you this. We were at a TV one time, and everybody was falling asleep, and no one could figure it out until uh, they checked the coffee pot and someone had put volumes in the coffee pot. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we're not saying who did it. I mean, you know, we can't blame nobody you know, per se, but, you know, Owen spent a lot of time at the coffee pot, I'll tell you that. That's all I can say about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he had the whole TV. We were doing TV tapings, and everybody was groggy, and <laughs> no one could figure out what the hell was wrong with We thought it was something in the ventilation or something, but it turned out that somebody had spiked the coffee. So. <laughs> <laughs> Because they had a big table there, they had like a cafeteria there. You you know, big urns of coffee. And I I don't know, you know, who did it? Who who would be to blame? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> so you know, being so that, being a so heel referee, that, I mean, it it had it was one of those it was one of those deals being a heel referee. We have uh, dangerous Andy Davis here. We got twenty nine minutes here left with Danny. Uh, being a heel referee, I mean. When you'd go to the ring and be in a heel, you know, everybody just wanted to see you get your butt kicked. Now, exactly. Can you tell us a memorable wrestler that you had a memorable feud with, uh, feud with that still is talked about to this day that everybody always asks you about? Uh, well, I guess, well, there's so many. I mean, but because I worked with a lot of guys, I had a feud with. I guess the, the biggest. The biggest one uh, would be uh, oh, there's so many. There was uh, Coco Ware. There was uh, 
Sam Houston, uh, uh, Jake the Snake. I had a little feud with him. But I think the Tito Santana was the most uh, talked about, uh, people asked me the most about, because uh, we sold out the San Diego Sports Arena twice in a row out there, and uh, and uh, we did well. And George Steele was another one. Uh, you know, we did the animal. I did some – we uh, had a feud with him, and I guess that was a big feud. We did a cage in the Meadowlands, sold out, sold out the Meadowlands one time with the cage there. We went around. And the other day, I was at, like I said, I was at that convention, and someone came up. It was uh, had a big poster with me and, and uh, George Steele as the main event in West Virginia down there. And I, as I say, I've forgotten all about that. But I guess those are the guys who would be the most uh, people ask me the most about. And we, you know, uh, as as being a natural heel. Uh, we're going to kind of go around the room because uh, we have uh, a, a co-host here, Granny Hulkster. Uh We're going to let her uh, kind of tell her a little story. Uh, but uh, we have uh, Dan- Dangerous Andy Davis here, the greatest heel ref- uh, referee in history. Granny, what do you got for our guest? Well, it's just a true honor to get to talk to this man and listen to his stories. I am not a wrestler. I'm just a huge fan, but boy, does Granny love giving the heels grief, and that even includes referees. Now, I've never really dealt with a heel referee, but I'm sure Granny could say a few choice things to you, my friend. Well, Granny, if you love if you love kicking on the the heel, I'll DQ you right here. I'll DQ you right here. If you love kicking on the heel wrestlers the way you do, if you love kicking on the heel wrestlers the way you do, I can't imagine how what you would do with a heel referee. I mean, that would be well, even more interesting because you know, quite frankly, the referee decides to... the match. I mean, your well, favorite you know superstar kinda... could lose because they get screwed. I know, I know, but you know, I kind of have to put the referees into place sometimes because. They don't always do what they're supposed to do, so Granny has to get on them. So I'm sure Granny could have a blast with this guy right here. I mean, I would like to. Have at it, Granny. Have at it. Good good ref, good ref or bad ref aside, meaning face face ref, normal ref, or heel ref aside, the better referee right now, the better referee, Mr. Davis or Earl Hebner? Oh, my. Uh Oh, oh my you big swing! Oh, you, you know, you know what? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you know. That's like asking who's better, Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa. That's a good answer. That's a good answer, Granny. That's a good answer. Well, that's, that's like that's, that's like saying, "All right." <laughs> I'm going to play the fifth on that swing because I don't. I don't want to make anybody mad. <laughs> so, uh, right, well, well, you're from um, you, you're from you're from the Massachusetts area, right? So that's like asking who was better, Ted Williams or Carl Yastrzemski? Like, like uh, who, who's you know? Oh, that's right, so, that's right, that's same right. Same thing. Well, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know. <laughs> so, I think, so, so with that being said, uh, Granny, what is your question for our our guest, Dangerous? Dan well, Dave? you know, I mean, you know, because. I had the opportunity to meet Jimmy Hart one time in Arkansas. They were doing a wrestling show here in Arkansas, and I actually had the opportunity to meet Jimmy Hart. I've never met Brett, but my goodness, I'm just, I'm really kind of bumpable on questions right now because I just enjoy listening to the stories, listening to him talk. Well, thank you, Granny. Thank you. Uh, if you come up with a question between now and, and the time I, I, I get off the phone, I'm sure they'll let you intercede 
Oh, yeah, I know, they will. I know they will. Right. I know they will. And if they don't, um, you just refer them to me, that's all. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, but I guess well, we have, you can well, take care of yourself, Granny. <laughs> well, Granny, if you come up with a question in the next 24 minutes, you can go ahead and chime in and ask. So I, I, well, well, go back I know. To, uh, I'm... Go ahead. Uh, big, go ahead. Big Swing, what do you got? <laughs> what do you got for our guest? Well, I mean, you guys um, have really covered, you know, uh, a good portion of, of the stuff I, I was curious about or that I was going to ask. Um, I, I mean, hmm. See, usually I ask That's the wrestlers, like me, you, know, you know. Yeah, well, usually I ask the wrestlers, like, how they get involved, how, you know, how they got involved with it, what they're, you know, who they looked up to when they were younger, like, like take us down their journey, down their path. Um, but, but again, you guys kind of, uh, covered that pretty well. And I think a lot of people know, uh, who, who he is already anyway. So, uh, I, I mean, I guess if you had to rank them, uh, what would be your most memorable experience in the ring? Like who, 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 what match or what experience pre-match, post-match during the match, do you look back on and say, you know what, if I retire tomorrow, uh, this is the one that, that was my, my signature. Which one was it? The signature. Well, it's, it's the difference between the one that was I really enjoyed the most, or uh, I feel the most uh, uh, proud of, and that was the one with, uh, as I pointed out earlier, with Bruno and his son against yep. in the tag match when I was Mr. X. That would be the, uh, and, and afterwards, you know, to get a compliment from him, you know, uh, that would probably be the best. My best. Uh, if if someone said, you know, you have this match with okay, who would you want to work with? It would be that one. But WrestleMania three obviously is 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 among is the top you know ninety three thousand plus people uh, you know WrestleMania three is will always be remembered as one of the greatest not because of me but because of the talent that was there and just the whole eighties era and to be part of that the Hogan era uh, was just uh, a phenomenal time in wrestling and for for me a guy like me to be part of that. Would be uh, uh, just the, the the crown jewel, if you would, if you will, in my career, because uh, not many people can say that they lived through an era of wrestling like we had. So I guess the whole thing would be in a big package with a bow on it. But the the best uh, WrestleMania three and on would be just the uh, the, the, the whole thing. Now I, I ask you this because I'm I'm going to premise a story or preface rather. A story, but is Ric Flair as entertaining in person as he seems on TV? Rick, no, Ric Flair. When the camera goes on, the lights go on. Ric Flair has the the charisma. He he knows what he's got to do, and he is he's a uh, off camera. He's a gentleman. While he was to me, he was always polite. He always never acted like he was better than anybody else. He was one of the boys. He, he treated you as an equal at all times. And he's a true, true professional wrestler. Well, because I asked that because up here in New York, um, he was doing a uh, he was doing a, a autograph signing uh, up here the other day at our mall for whatever reason I forgot what the event was, but he was up here, and uh, one of my buddies works TSA, and he, and he was like, oh, he's like you know Ric Flair's in the airport, blah blah blah, and you know sending me a video, and he's wooing his way through the airport and pointing and taking pictures and all this other stuff, and. I was just wondering if, if he was that same boisterous uh, personality off camera as he was well, on. Well, but. 
well, well, you know, he's not in the limelight anymore, and uh, Rick Flair. And uh, so what he does is, you know, he's got to promote himself now. And so when he's yeah. going through the airport, people, he wants to be recognized. He wants to keep that recognition going. And uh, he has to work a little harder at it. But, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a, a, again, he's a showman. And uh, uh, yeah. uh, you, you have to appreciate uh, uh, him for, for who he is. He was one of the best in the business. You know, and uh, he 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 has to sometimes when you you're falling from grace with age or something else. Sometimes it's you have to do a little more to keep your keep your face out there, keep your image uh, you know alive, so that people recognize you. And uh, like he does those commercials for Cumberland Farms and stuff like that. So he's he's quite a man. In, in, in he's a professional. Nice. I was always curious about that. It's always cool because we yeah. don't get to talk to somebody who has, you know, been around these these mega stars before. Like, I mean, you know, we talk to people in the independent circle or people who were former WCW or WWE or whatnot, but somebody who's had direct contact with, with like, the mega, mega stars, um, we don't get to very often. So it's always cool to hear stories about, you know, people who we grew up watching on TV uh, instead of people who who you know we're interviewing now that are, that may just be coming up, so that's always that's well, always you're right cool. in, in you're right in thinking that because you know as you pointed out their their personalities on TV isn't exactly what they are you know after the the show I mean in the back and stuff like that and I was always uh, aware of that and. Uh, the thing is, when you go through that curtain, you're whoever you're supposed to be, and when you when you and that's how it's a professional. When you come back, you turn it off. In other words, your 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 your, uh, your character is is out there, and when you come back, you're, you're you're who you're supposed to be. You're back to where you're supposed to be. Your character is shut off, you know. And and to do that is hard sometimes because some people can't shut it off, turn it off and on like that, and sometimes it's they believe their like own publicity. And that's and that's like sometimes they, that, that's how they get in trouble. You know, they start believing their own publicity and uh, they get in trouble. But most of the guys are great, and it's a good point that you make. And, and it is, it's always a curiosity that uh, uh, helps us when, when we have these events because the, the, they're not... Uh, in their character, as it were, when they're doing autograph sessions and stuff like that, most of the time. Well, I appreciate what he said about the fans, because being the fan that I am, and I've been a fan of professional wrestling for many years. I'm 57 years old. I turned 57 in August, and I I had the opportunity to get to meet Ron Simmons and Tony Atlas several months ago at an autograph signing. And Ron Simmons gave me a compliment that I am true that I was very humbled by. And he said, Granny, he said, You are that true fan that we so much love back in the day that we don't see a lot of anymore. Well, they, let me tell you and, something, and Granny. I, that, that has been my uh, uh, one of the greatest wrestlers of, 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 of that era told me when I started out. And it has to do with what you just said. He said, these people, these fans are the people that pay you. 
they work hard. Some of them work two jobs. Some of them have a family, you know, and they come to see you. So when you go out there, you give 100%, whether there's 10 people in the arena or 10,000 in that arena. And fans yep. like, and I always said that, the fans, without the fans, the fans are the greatest part of the wrestling world. And there should be a Hall of Fame for the for the wrestling fans, in my opinion. So, Icon, you know I'm going to ask this. You, you you know it's coming. You know it's been coming. Um, but uh, have, you, have you ever gotten a chance to, uh, by, by any chance, because um, I really want to know in person what, what he's like uh, off camera, uh, ever had a chance to meet Edge by any chance? Excuse me? Have you ever you broke had, up. Uh, I can just count over to shaking his head. Um, have, you, have you gotten a chance to meet Edge by any chance? Yes, I've met Edge twice in, in, in my life, yeah. And it was after a show, after a convention, as a matter of fact, and it was out in California. Mm. Uh, and uh, he, he seemed like a pretty regular guy, you know. I mean, yeah, I he's, he's my all-time favorite. He's my uh, he's favorite. my absolute all-time hero. Well, if I had known that, I wouldn't have given him any kind of compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I would have I would have turned heel on him right there. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> No, another nice man. You know, again, these guys are uh, people and the ladies in wrestling are professionals, and they should be. You know, and if they're not, then it hurts the whole business. But the majority of them are uh, down-to-earth people who are doing a job and making a living. Icon, are you still here with us? Oh, there he is. You sound far away, man. Put the phone, put, put put it. Put it closer to your mouth. Well, I'm, ha- I'm having uh, I- I'm having an issue with my I'm having an issue with my cell phone. I do apologize. We have a we're, we're having a storm here again, and it's you kind have of sprint. fixing with my signal. But we'll, we'll we'll press through. Uh, Danny Davis, our guest here. We have 15 minutes left with Danny. Uh, now I'm sure you've been asked this question many times, and I, I apologize if you know it's a something that you don't want to ask or answer, but I'll put it to you anyway. A two-part question: uh, Is there anybody back in the in the day that you wanted to work with that you never had an opportunity to? And is there anybody in the industry nowadays that you'd love to work with uh, that's out there today from the new era? Well, uh, no, I worked with everybody I wanted to work with out there who wanted to work with me, and uh, I mean, I, I worked with all of them. I mean, you know. I worked with uh, uh, Bret Hart, uh, you know, when I was Mr. X. I mean, I went back. I wrestled with, the, you know, Butcher Paul with Sean from Canada, you know, Macho Man, Lanny Paul, Holly Race, Paul Wandoff. I worked with them all. Ricky Steamboat, Sam Houston, Roddy Piper, George Steele. Uh, all those guys back then, I worked with them all. I mean, uh, and there was nobody that I that I wanted to work with that they wouldn't let me work with or didn't want to work with me. You know, because once you uh, establish that you can work and they enjoy working with you, you know, no one hesitates to work with you. They all want to be, you know, work with you, even if it's on a, you know, a, a dark match or whatever. Uh, today, to work with somebody today, I don't know. I don't think. Well, you know, of course, um, if I if I had had my youth and stuff like that, I don't know. I, I don't think I would be in the wrestling business. I really don't. That's awesome. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, these, these kids today, it's their world, you know, it's their turn, it's their time, and I wish them all the luck. We have uh, danger, uh, Dangerous Danny Davis here. Uh, we have 13 minutes here left with uh, Danny. So, you know, you know, you mentioned WrestleMania three, probably the greatest WrestleMania in history. That's when right. you first got to that venue, can you t- can you tell us what uh, what when you stepped out there, what you felt when you first saw the crowd and you stepped in the ring and you saw all those people? What was your initial thought? What was what was going through your head during the match? Well. Let me tell you, uh, let me answer that with a little bit of background. You know, when you're living or trying to achieve a dream in your life, and I don't know if you guys probably have had dreams and have succeeded in, in accomplishing that dream, you you have this feeling that no one will ever know unless they've experienced it themselves. And on that day, they, I'm asked that question quite a bit, and I answer it, I try to answer it like this. Unless you have had a dream and worked really, really hard to see that that dream came true and to go into a, a WrestleMania three or go through that curtain and see 93,000 people, your first thought is, this is it. I've made it. I've, 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 I'm living my dream. And how am I going to explain this to everybody? I mean, when I'm asked, what is it like? And that's the only thing I, the only way I can explain it or try to answer that is that unless you've lived through something like that, you'll never know what it feels like. It's an awesome feeling. It's a, a, a feeling that you'll never experience again uh, in your lifetime. Uh, and I would hope that everyone that has a dream can accomplish a dream and, and live a dream and know what that feeling is like. And uh, I hope that that comes through for everybody I, I've met. But I don't think that an answer for that question is a reality unless you know what I'm talking about. And I'm sorry if you, if you don't understand that, but I'm trying to explain it the best I can. Well, no, that's 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 awesome how you said that, and I, I appreciate the answer. Now, you know, WrestleMania three, like I just said, is probably the, the the greatest WrestleMania in history because of not only the spectacle where you know Hulk Hogan slammed Andre the Giant, which was you know unheard of at the time, but if you could, uh, and I know you've been asked this too, but what is it like being with Andre the Giant? Can you just give us a, a quick little story, if you have one with Andre? Well, there's a story, there's there's an, a, a little story about that in my book also. Uh, I I was kind of his his uh, caretaker for him. Uh, you know, took him around and traveled around with him for for years. People didn't know that, but I used to uh, be his uh, like his valet. You know, I would see him to get to the venue. I would see him to get to his hotel. I would book his flights. I was booking his hotel. I would, you know, uh, we, we, I went to Japan with him. I went to, to France with him. I went to Europe with him and stuff like that. And Andre is one of the most misunderstood human beings that I've ever met in my life. 
uh, he is uh, has he told me so many times that he would just give almost anything just to be normal, you know, for for a week or a month or whatever. And he always had trouble, and I'm sure you've heard this before, but this is firsthand, you know. He'd go into a hotel, you'd have to make sure that they had extra, you know, two beds, two king-size beds put together. You know, they'd have to, you know, if he went to Japan, uh, he, you know, the bathrooms, it's made for very tiny people, small people, small in stature. And he would have to use, you know, uh, you know, uh, it was very difficult for him to get comfortable there. And on planes, he couldn't go to the bathroom, you know, because he, he couldn't fit in the bathrooms. So he would have to take water pills. He would have to have two seats on the airplane. Uh, going through the airport, of course, you know, everybody would, would crowd around, and that's what I did. I kind of crowd control. You go out to eat, and people would, you know, be pointing at them and, and, and uh, 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 you know, mocking them sometimes and, and making them feel uncomfortable. Uh, to be around a man like that, uh, he was one of the most – uh, generous, uh, honest men that I've ever met. And uh, unfortunately for him, he, the fans only saw what the wrestling business wanted you to see. But the other side of the man, <clears throat> he, he uh, his dark side, I guess you could call it, was very, very cruel and uh, uh, almost to the point where it was inhumane the way he was, he had to live. But he did things for himself. He built himself a big, uh, almost a palace. He had uh, like 10-foot ceilings in his house. He had a, a whole room that was a bathtub. He had a special bed made for himself. And he made himself comfortable. And the only place that Andre the Giant, other than his home, the only place that he was comfortable was in the dressing room with the wrestlers. And because everybody treated him as an equal. So, that's what it was like being with Andre the Giant. Wow. You know, and I'll tell you what, that uh, Andre, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to sound sappy here because it, it's kind of breaking. No. And I'm kind of breaking up as, uh, as you mentioned that because Andre, you know, was, so, uh, you know, a, a a man that we'll never ever see again, and we miss Andre to this day. And if I ever, if I ever had a chance to interview a wrestler, that was one of the guys I always wanted to talk to. But of course, we'll never get the chance. But I do appreciate you sharing. The crazy that story. thing is, is icon is when you think about just how big he was. I mean, I get to talk to, you know, talk to and meet you know NFL football players all the time here through through the ESPN station, and you know some of them are are the largest human beings I've ever seen. Um, but then just to think about how, how much bigger he was and how big he is or was is it's just crazy to think about like in person like if you're standing next to him it had to have been crazy well well it, it's it was that was part of his, his his problem you know he just he never stopped growing you know I mean I'm, I'm sure you've, you've watched you've seen pictures of him as a, as a youth and stuff like that but he had uh a great life, thank you. Thanks to wrestling. Wrestling again. He was, the only place he was happy was in the dress room and hanging with the guys because he was treated as an equal. Nobody looked at him as you know as as an oddity or anything like that. 
but he he was a a great man, a great human being, and I, like you guys said, there will never be another Andre the Giant, and I don't care if you get a bigger guy, a taller guy, but there'll never be another Andre the Giant. Right. That is awesome. We have uh, Danny Davis here. We got five minutes here left with Danny. Uh, you know, so we can get this in here, Danny. Uh, I promise you could do this. Uh, if our fans wanted to check you out and see what you're doing and see what you've done in the past, where you're going, uh, you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch, you got a GoFundMe, what do you got? I got a Twitter, and you can like me on, on Facebook, Dangerous Danny Davis. You can order my book on DangerousDannyDavis.com. And I, and when you guys uh, uh, write, you know, keep in touch with me. I, I talk to fans all the time on my Facebook page. You know, we have our we have conversations. You know, what, you know about what I'm what I'm doing, when I'm coming in the area, uh, what they like. Uh, you know, when I bring you know picture for pictures and stuff like that, and just in general what I'm doing. So dangerous, Danny Davis, and, and Facebook. Please, please feel free. I, I I just I just love talking to fans. And you know, as far as the book goes, I mean, you know, it's and if you can if you can afford it, buy it. Just go on dangerousdannydavis.com, uh, as I say, and, I, and I'll send the book right out to you. And you guys, as I promised earlier on, make sure you text me and, and give me the information, or, 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 and uh, and I'll see that you get a book, and let me know what you want written inside, and I'll I'll, I'll send that book out tomorrow or whenever, right as soon as you text me. How's that? Awesome, and I and I just did say that text message, you know, and I, you know, some people would call me a pest. I know that, and I, you know, I do have your private number. You know, if I ever wanted to, I'll ask you this: if I ever wanted to call you up just to, you know, just chat a little bit, which, you know, if you got time, would you be willing to accept a call for me? Unlike my relatives. Yes. Yes, but uh, yeah, you know, he goes unlike my relatives. Don't give it to wow. the world, man, because. So don't give it to the world because if you do, I'll change my number and I'll never speak to you again. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's, I, I have it. I, I I'll be happy to do that for you, yes. Yes, I'll be happy to awesome. do that for you, yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, because, you know, I have, you know, I was going to ask you this real quick. Uh, Go ahead. Now, I don't know if you remember back, back in the day when uh, Tops came out with wrestling cards. Do you remember what it was like? Uh, when you first saw yourself on a uh, on a little on a baseball card, what was your initial thought of that? Well, I thought they could have got the better side of me. <laughs> no, no, I thought it was great. It's fantastic to be, you know, uh, uh, when you're acknowledged like that, and uh, you put on cards, you put in books, you, you know. And I always tell, I like to tell a quick story. About my referee career, you know, I watch I watch sports on TV, and they, if something goes wrong, the referee makes a bad call, and right away they they refer to Dangerous Danny Davis. And who's that guy? Dangerous Danny Davis out there, that ref, you know. And, and it's quite a compliment. Yeah, I, I really enjoy uh, uh, people uh, remembering, and you know, when I do these conventions and these people come up to me, it's such a pleasure. Again, fans, loyal fans, true fans that know who I am, know my history. And just and just can sit there, and sometimes the guy has to come up and say, "Look, you, you got to get going, you know, because you got people that want to, you know, that want uh, autographs too." So, and then I, I give them my Facebook page, and they 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 like me on my Facebook page, and then we have a conversation later, you know, and it's great. 
So, yeah, awesome. it's quite a thrill. Yeah. Well, and, you know, we, we you, get guys about, do, we get, you do... You guys do get, great. I got, I got 60 podcast. seconds, man. They're, they're kicking us off. All, All right. right. Well, I'll tell you what, Danny. Thank you very much. I text you the address. You're awesome, and uh, hopefully you can join us again. Thank you for having me. Anytime. Let me know. Love you, Danny. Thank you. Love you Dangerous too, Danny care. Davis, everybody. That was an awesome interview. We're going to see you guys next week. 20 seconds here uh, on, on the little countdown that's in front of my screen. Uh, stay tuned for Monday Night Football coverage. Bears Redskins right after this. You're listening to Off the Road. Dead man walking. You got it.